Welcome to Grace Community Church On Demand, the weekly podcast from the Sunday services at Grace Community Church in Rupert, Idaho. Here at Grace, we believe in building the kingdom of God one person at a time. We're passionate about loving God, loving people, and following Jesus. Let's get into this week's message with Pastor Travis Turner. Amen. All right, so today I'm excited. We're going to be starting a brand new series today. Um, I feel like this series is timely. Um, It's been a long time, probably 2014, 2015, since I've taught on this book of the Bible. Every once in a while here at Grace Church, what we'll do is we'll we'll take a book of the Bible and we'll just kind of go through it. And while we never really dissect things, you know, all the way down, you know, to its very, very basic, this is going to kind of be an overview But I feel like the book of Daniel is an incredible book, you know what I mean, just to study right now because everybody's asking the question, you know, are we in the end times? Are we, you know, with all of the things that are taking place in the in the in the world, you know what I mean? Is Jesus coming back soon? And um, and there's a portion of the book of Daniel that speaks um, about the end times. And so how many of you think that this is a good book and a timely book just to, just to take a look at? Now, once again, we're, we're going we're gonna, to, you know, we're not going to cover it verse by verse. And so I really encourage you as a church, I encourage you to read the book of Daniel as we're kind of going through it. And this is what's going to happen. The Lord is going to show you some things, is going to reveal some things to you. And, uh, and then all of a sudden, we're going to be talking about some of those same things here, and, and you're going to be encouraged up, and, and you're going to be challenged up. You're like, wow, in my Bible reading, this is the same thing that the Lord had shown me, and it's going to be confirmation. Amen? Because I really do believe that there are some things that Daniel challenges us, you know what I mean, to do. I want to, I want to also, before we dive in, I just want to say what an incredible year that we've had. Um, we've had over over right around the 60 baptism uh, mark 60 baptisms this year phenomenal come on so so good in fact we've got another baptism um, today second service mr. Jordan Torres is going to get baptized today second service I'm so so excited um, about that and and um, and anyhow we'll talk a little bit more about that We've had a lot of people give their heart to the Lord. You know, every service, just about every service, we've been asking people if they would like to recommit their heart to the Lord or give their heart to the Lord for the first time. Very seldom is there not one hand that goes up. And so I'm just really thankful for that. I'm thankful that God is true in this, that when his word goes out, it doesn't return void, right? It hits the mark. And so, so people are, are coming to a place of saying, you know what, I need Jesus, you know what I mean, in my life. And I want you to know that if you've made that decision, I want to encourage you to take the next steps you know, we've got, we've got several next steps. We've got uh, uh, 101, 201, 301 that will help you as we go into the new year. Of course, the next step is getting baptized. I've got a book that, I, that, that literally I've given over 1,500 of these books away. We will just give it to you. I've got a book 
that, um, uh, that, that I will give to you if you're just trying to figure out what this whole Christianity, this walk is all about. It is one of the best little books that has ever been written on just, on just laying the foundation. And, um, and, and I will give that to you if you're, just, if you're, you're like, listen, I just want to know more. I want a better foundation laid. We'll just make sure and do that. But I want to encourage you up. Take the next step, whatever that is, you know, for you. Um, so t- the title of my message today... Uh, be, you know, I'm going to give you the title, we're going to pray, and then we're going to dive right in. The title of my message today is Living for Jesus When Jesus is Unpopular. Or, I didn't really like that title because Jesus is always popular, even though culture says he's not popular. So I just said, Living for Jesus When It's Unpopular. Living for Jesus When It's Unpopular. Let's go ahead and pray. Lord, we thank you for today. God, right now, we just ask that, uh, that, that your word would go forward just as it promises, and it would just hit the mark. God, I pray that, 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 that I would just be able to be removed from the equation as, as the, the, the presenter, God, and I just pray that there would be a spiritual work that is just done here in the next few moments. God, we trust you, and uh, we're gathered here. We pray for those that are online watching as well. And we just ask, Lord, that you would just do a mighty work and that we would leave here different than how we came. And everybody in the house said, amen. Amen. All right. So I want you to know this, that our culture is slipping away. Like, like it's a, you know, we hear about the slippery slope of sin. How many of you know that things are getting worse and they're not getting better? So, 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 so there was a time, especially, you know, I think, you know, 90s, you know, up until probably about 10, 10 years ago or so, there was a time where being a Christian was more popular than it is today. It, it is becoming less and less popular. Like it was the end thing. Oh man, you, you're a Christian. What church do you go to? And, and, and so I'm just saying that culture is slip sliding away and, and it's becoming more and more unpopular. I also want you to know that the Bible is not in chronological order. A lot of you know this, but the Bible, as it's, as it's written, as, as you open it up, it's not in chronological order, meaning that, that, that the book following the previous book isn't necessarily where it falls in, in historically. And so uh, books, are, they're grouped based on type. You've got the first five books of the Bible, which is a group, and then you've got um, the next group are the historical books of the Bible, and then you've got a poetic section that, that's in the Bible, and then you have the, the major prophets and the minor prophets. And I want you to know this, that the major prophets and the minor prophets, they're not major or minor based on um, how important they are or how, um, you know, you know, how many prophecies have, have, have been fulfilled. The only thing that separates the major prophets from the minor prophets is the length of the book, the length of what was, of what was shared. And so I want you to know this, that Daniel is a part of the major prophets. Somebody say major prophets. So Daniel is a part of what? The major prophets. So that's the group of books in the Bible um, that, that are longer, prophetic books that are longer than the minor, than the minor prophets. And so Daniel was a major prophet. Um, there were two sections in the book of Daniel. There's the historical section, the history of the, of, of uh, you know, all the way from Genesis to, 
you know, to, it's all about the history. And then you've got the prophetic aspect of it, which talks much about the end times or things, or things to come. And so today we're going to spend time on the historical um, section, the historical section of the book. Daniel was written, or actually there was about 4,000 years from Adam, which was the first uh, human being created, until um, Jesus. About 4,000 years, and the last 400 of those years are what we call silent years. There wasn't any communication really uh, between God and, and man. They were called the silent years. And so Daniel, in the chronological order, Daniel is just before the silent age. And so when you look at your Old Testament and you look at your New Testament, Daniel, um, he, was, he was one of the last books written in the Old Testament. It's not in that order, but it is actually one of the last, you know, he lived during that, 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 last, that last reign between Old Testament and, um, and New Testament. So Daniel lived 600 B.C., and um, and. He lived during a time where King Nebuchadnezzar from Babylon, which is modern-day Iraq. So if you're wondering where Babylon is, it's modern-day Iraq. He lived during this time when, when Babylon defeated Israel. And I want you to know this, that the only reason that Babylon defeated Israel is because of Israel's disobedience. Because Israel going away time and time again from the things of God. I'm just telling you this, that as we go into this, you're going to find many similarities between, come on, um, the book of Daniel, where we're starting at here today, and present day living. Uh, I want you to know this, that, and, 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 and not to be a you know, not to cast a shadow on anything or to be negative in any type, but I'm just telling you this, that, that the world is becoming darker and darker. You know, we talked about pre-service today about, about how, you know, I mean, that can really come across a little bit negatively, but, but the truth is, is as the world goes away from God more and more, and, and, and culture is king, and, and we just kind of find ourselves really living for ourselves like Sodom and Gomorrah did. As we find ourselves moving in that direction, I want you to know that a little bit of light goes a long ways. Amen. And you are called to be a light. Like it is not by accident that you are alive and living in the day and the time that you live in. And there's a reason and a purpose for it. And that reason and purpose isn't for you to, to hide your light under under you know any kind of a covering but it is to burn brightly in the in the culture that we live in here today and so so the setting of what we're going to be talking about today is Daniel continu Daniel's continued confrontation with Babylonian culture see Babylonian culture as they as they you know overtook God's people and, and brought them into captivity Babylonian culture was very secular it was very self-serving. And these people were asked to do things that actually went against what it is that God desired for them. And so the law of the land, somebody say the law of the land, was asking them as they were, as they were captives, um, it was asking them to live in a different way. And I'm just telling you, it is exactly the same today. Like the law of the land 
on, on almost every aspect, on every corner is challenging you to live differently than how God tells you to live, how God wants you to live, right? Every, every corner that you turn around, the law of the land is saying, no, do it this way. But you're hearing, you know, if, if, if church is a part of your life and if Christianity is a part of your life, you're, you're hearing two different stories. And so the idea is who are you going to serve? Daniel chapter 1 and verse 1 says this. In the third year of the reign of Jehoiakim, king of Judah, Nebuchadnezzar, the king of Babylon, came to Jerusalem and besieged it. And the Lord delivered Jehoiakim, king of Judah, into his hand, along with some of the articles from the temple of God. These he carried off to the temple of his God, little g God, in Babylonia, and put in the treasure house of his God. Now listen, this is the worst thing that you can do. They're taking the articles that came from the temple of the one true living God, and they're putting those into the temple of the false gods that, that, that was worshipped in Babylonia. So it's a total slap in the face of, of, of the one true living God and, and, and to these people that were overtaken. Verse 3 says this, Then the king ordered Ashpenaz, chief of his court officials, to bring into the king's service some of the Israelites from the royal family and the nobility. Young men without physical defect, handsome, showing aptitude for every kind of learning, well-informed, quick to understand, and qualified to serve in the king's palace. That's a Jordan Torres. That's exactly what they were. What they're good-looking young man. You know what I'm saying? Uh, great, great ability to, you know, great ability to learn. That's who they were looking for. He was to teach them, Ashpenaz was to teach them the language and the literature of the Babylonians. The king assigned them a daily amount of food and wine from the king's table. Now listen, this would be a position of honor, right? Like these, these people, these captives were, were, were given the same food that came from the king's table. The problem was that being a Jew, their dietary laws did not per permit them to eat and to drink what it is that the king was trying to honor them by giving to them. It didn't permit them to eat that stuff. And so they were being trained for three years, the Bible says. And after that, they were to enter into the king's service. Verse 6 says this, among those who were chosen were some from Judah. And it tells you the four that we're going to be looking at today. Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. And so what do you do? The question is today, what do you do when culture shifts and, and lead you away, come on, from, from what God, how God is calling you to live. See, this is a question that every single one of us have to answer. And I'm telling you that this is where the rubber meets the road. This is, these are the, these are the, this is the picture that really draws us to a place of being able to understand whenever there are those people that call themselves Christians or standing before the Lord... And they're saying, you know, we've done all these incredible things in your name, but Jesus is going to look at them and say, listen, I don't know who you are. Depart from me, you workers of iniquity. Because the church, and it's going to continue to get worse and worse before, before the second coming. I, I believe that. This isn't, this isn't doomsday. It's not gloomsday. It's just the truth. 
The Bible says that everything that can be shaken will be shaken. And how many of you know that that shaking is going to start in the house, in the house of the Lord? And so, so there are going to be a lot of people that, 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 that commingle the doctrine, the good news, with doctrines of men. It's like, I know it says this, but I can do this because I'm somehow... You know, I'm somehow different. And so, and so what do you do when culture shifts? When culture says that something is okay, do you follow it? Or do you trust in the Lord and walk with the Lord? Every single person has to do this. I have to do this. You have to do this. Troy, nobody else can make this decision for you. You're going to, you're going to live for the Lord or you're going, to, you're going to try to create something. I'm just using you because you're right there. You're going to try to create something that makes sense to you and is easy for you. You're going to either live for God or you're, or you're not. That, that's really the two, the two things. And there are a lot of people that the Bible reveals are going to be surprised that they don't have a relationship with the Lord. And, and it's going to be in that end time. And so I'm just telling you this. I have had some interesting conversations recently with some people that I never would have thought what had come out of their mouth would come out of their mouth. People that have served the Lord for a long time. I've had some interesting conversations with them. You know, their stance on certain, on certain things. What do you think about this? And, and where, I, where I assumed that they would say, well, that's against, you know what I mean, what, what, what the Lord is for, you know, so I'm against it too. What I've heard from, and, and this has happened over the years, but what, what tends to keep coming up, it's like, well, that's the law of the land. The law of the land says it's okay and so it must be, it must be okay. I, I'm telling you this, you just, you just mark my words for it. There's already, there is already a, a, a push for this. There's already a push for this taking place today where, where people, uh, you know what I mean? They, they have a bend towards young girls and, and young boys. And I'm telling you this, that if we continue to go the direction that we're going, how can you argue with somebody's desire? And it's going to be the same as Sodom and Gomorrah. It was the same thing. Read it. There, there was a bend, a tendency for, 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 for all kinds of terrible things happening, but this was one of them. And so in my conversation with certain people, I'll ask them, okay, well, what in the world, if the law of the land said it's okay for a 60-year-old man to marry a 12-year-old girl and have his way, is that going to be okay? And guys, I apologize. I absolutely apologize for even having these kinds of conversations on a Sunday morning right after Christmas. I kind of apologize, but the truth is, is these conversations are the conversations that need to be had. In the day and the time that we live in, we have to talk about, and if the church isn't going to talk about, because this is the deal. There, I promise you this. There are people that come to Grace Church on a regular basis that if you assume everybody is thinking the same way, they don't think the same way. And I'm not saying they have to think of the same way. Let me just say it like this. If you ever find yourself for what God is against, you are wrong. If you ever find yourself for something 
that God is against, you are wrong. And so these are the things, and this is the slippery slope that we find ourselves in, and it's not fun. Guys, I'm telling you, I wasn't excited about, about sharing this message, but I know that this message has to be shared. Amen? Not a popular message. Man, thank God we had all the snow on the ground this morning. There's only a few of you that, you know, <laughs> maybe, maybe that was an answered prayer. You know what I'm saying? I don't know, but, but I'm just telling you, I'm telling you, if you think things, just listen to me now. If you think things are going to get better, you're wrong. And guess what? I've been saying this for three or four years, almost prophetically, but I'm not going to call it that. I've just been sharing things that it's going to cost you. And guess what? There are going to be many people that the cost is too great. And I guess that's, you know, that's just what it is. It is what it is. But I really do pray and I hope that, I really do pray and hope that you will count the cost and find yourself faithful. Because I'm telling you, it doesn't matter if it costs you your life, it's worth it. If it costs you your life, it is worth you living for Jesus. Amen? All right. So, so um, I remember early television. So I'm 50 years old, and everybody knows that because I've been celebrating it ever since I was 49 and a half, that I'm almost 50. Everybody knows how old I am. But I'm old enough to, to remember um, television shows where, where couples would retreat at night to either their own bedrooms, right? And these are married couples. Or they would retreat to the same bedroom, but they would have two different, two different beds. How many of you remember some of those shows? What were some of those shows? Anybody throw them out just real quick? What was it? I've, yeah, yeah, Dick Van Dyke. Absolutely. What else? I love Lucy, I love Lucy right? Lucy and Ricky, right? I love <laughs> Anybody else? Father's knows best. I, I, I don't know about that one, but I believe you. I do remember this. I remember the Brady Bunch being one of the first, one of the first shows where a husband and wife, and they had several scenes. I grew up on the Brady Bunch, right? And uh, I could even sing the song for you, but I'm not going to. Um, but, they, but they had the same scene, and there were several scenes where they were just hanging out in the, in the same bed. And so this was like a shift. And they were married, right? But now, now just look in that, in that, in that 30 years, 40-year time frame. Look how drastically different. And I won't go into, into everything, but I'm telling you what, you cannot find a show where, where, you know, a couple, maybe even the first show, somebody's jumping in bed with somebody else that, that's not married. And so, so how quickly do we move from, from you know, listen, we can't, even, we can't even portray, you know, and they're married to now. In fact, it would be interesting. Find me one show. Find me even a cartoon where it doesn't allude to the idea of, of, of just you know, adult things happening. And so, and so all I'm saying is, is that, and, and it's, and it's normal, right? It's normal. Like nobody, nobody even thinks twice about it. In fact, it would almost be a shock if you didn't find something like that, but it's not just husbands and wives, it's boyfriends and girlfriends. 
It's boyfriends and boyfriends. It's girlfriends and girlfriends. It's multiple people, right? It's multiple people. It's like this person is in a relationship, but this person is also in a relationship with all this group of people over here. I mean, and these things are being streamed into our living rooms continuously, right? And so all I'm saying is, is that do you think that it's just coincidental? Or do you think that there's some intentionality behind it? And I'm just telling you that I believe that there's some major intentionality behind it. There's a constant pressure, a shifting of culture to the ungodly. And what do you do when you find yourself in the midst of it? I remember I was, so this was years ago. This was, this was probably 14 years ago. There was a young man that came up to me. I was a pastor of a college and career group, 19 to 30-year-olds. There was a young man that started coming, gave his heart to the Lord, and, and it was super, super great, and, and we were able to baptize him. And he come up to me like two weeks after this happened. He said, Pastor, I'm really struggling. I said, what's, what's up, man? He said, well, well, I'm in a predicament. I said, well, what is that predicament? And he said, well, you know what I mean? I've had this girlfriend for, for you know, two years now, and uh, in fact, we're going to college, and and, uh, and we're living together to save money, and we're not just living together, but, you know, we're, we're living like we're, like we're, I'll just say it to where you know it, I don't think there's any young people in here, but we're living like we're married, we're doing all the things, and, and he said, man, what should I do? I said, what do you think you should do? I said, man, I'm not your Holy Spirit, but I already think that you know what you're supposed to do. He said, well, that's why I'm coming to, that's why I'm coming to talk to you. I said, well, what is the Spirit of God saying inside of you? What do you, you know, I haven't, I haven't had this conversation with you. What is the Lord, what's Holy Spirit saying to you? And the Holy Spirit saying that I'm supposed to break off the relationship and I'm supposed to get my own place. I said, well, that seems like the God that I know, that what he would share. You know, I, I, I'm confirming that. But listen, this is the deal is that when culture shifts, are you going to listen to culture or are you going to listen to the Holy Spirit? The one that raised Jesus from the dead, the same spirit that lives and dwells in you is the same spirit that raised you. Are you going to listen to him? Or are you going to listen to, are you going to listen to your buddy that, that, that has a form of godliness but denies the power of? Because this is what I can also tell you, not to be a naysayer, but the church is filled with people too that maybe it's just their, it's their beginning stages, their beginning walk with God. They're, it's filled with, with, with people that will say, oh, come on, you guys love one another. You, you, you know what I'm saying? It, it'll be all right. Come on, you, you can, come on, it's really not hurting anybody, right? Well, you know how much rent is, right? Wow, it kind of makes sense. Or you can, you know, you, you don't have to share with them all that you're doing. Come on, you never go into her room, right? She never goes into your room, right? I'm winking. I'm not a good winker. <laughs> you understand? And so, and so, listen to the Holy Spirit. I remember when I, was, when I was growing up, everything used to be more black and white. And I wonder, I just wonder, because, because this is the deal, is that while I can tell you on one out of one, it's gonna sound like I'm double talking. I'm not. I'm just working through some stuff. But out of one side of my mouth, I could I could list a bunch of things that was wrong 
with, with the strictness, the, you know, how stringent, you know, God is literally with a stick waiting to just knock you upside the head if you did something wrong and the conviction was, was real. You know what I'm saying? Like, like, like you, we didn't dance, we didn't shake our booties to, to secular music. That we weren't, dancing would be the first thing that would send you to hell. And so, do I believe that today? No, I don't believe that today. But I do believe that that the, the pendulum it never it never it never just stops where it's supposed to stop. The pendulum, if it's way over here, man, it's going to come all the way over here. And I feel like where we are right now. It's like everything is okay and everything's acceptable and God's just going to, you know, God's just going to understand. So we create, come on, these, this false religion, we create God to be somebody that he's not. And so how do we get that thing to come right back where, where, it's, where it's in the center? You know what I'm saying? Like, like there was some real blessing whenever you couldn't do anything and it was all about what you couldn't do. Now it's like you could do everything and, and, you know, grace, grace, God's grace, he just loves you so much all over your face, right? And so I'm just saying that there is a place in the middle, you know, that, that I believe is where the, where, the, where the truth lies. And so there's three things that culture is going to try to do, and I'm going to try to speed this up so I don't keep you all day here. Verse 7 says this, the chief, the chief official, this Ashpenaz guy, Ashpenaz, gave them new names. To Daniel, he gave the name Belteshazzar. And to Hananiah, Shadrach, and to Mishael, Meshach, and to Azariah, the name Abednego. And so I want you to know this, that the first goal of culture is that it will try to rename you. And, and by renaming you, culture is going to try to give you a new identity. And so you, he's, God's, he, culture wants to change your God-given identity to a new identity, which is, which is very different than your God-given identity. So it's going to change your identity to be who the world wants you to be. How many of you know that the devil is really good at putting labels on you? You know, we, we could spend a lot of time by me asking you, what are some of the labels that, that, that the devil has put on you? And, and, and by the devil, maybe it came through somebody that, that, that was just a little too harsh on you. And, and it, maybe even somebody in your own home, like a mother or father, they said, listen, you're never going to amount to anything. And so now you find yourself 62 years old and, and you feel like you don't amount to anything. You're worthless. You know, you're, you, there's no value. And I'm just saying that that's what, the, that's what the enemy wants to do is lie to you and put labels upon you that you're stupid, you're scared, you're no good, you're too far gone. And I'm just saying this, that all of those things are not from God. Like you are so valuable and, and, and you have so much purpose and destiny in your life. And so I want to just real quickly share with you the Hebrew names, their meanings. Daniel the word Daniel meant God is my judge. That's the Hebrew name. God is my judge. That's what it means. God is my judge. The Babylonian name, Belteshazzar, means to protect the life of the king. And so its, it's definition is really this. Stop trusting in God. Stop worshiping God. You know what it means? Stop caring what God thinks about you. Now trust and give your life to man. 
So, so the shift is from trusting God to uh, worshiping and, 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 and trusting in man, the king. Hananiah means this in Hebrew, God is gracious. The word Shadrach, the name Shadrach that he was given means this, I am fearful of God. And so God is gracious. Man, I can go before the Lord because God is gracious. He is faithful. He is loving. Now his new name, his Babylonian name, means I am fearful of God. You know, to walk in fear. How many people, come on, grew up under that strict, stringent religion where there's really no life, there's really no love, there's just, there's fear. And I'm just saying that that's not, that's not God as well. Mishael means this, who is what God is? Or there is no one like my God. And the, the word that Mishael was given was Meshach. It means this, I am despised, contemptible, and, and humiliated. So today there's a, there's a shift in Christian culture from confidence to cowardice. And I'm just saying this, that, that listen, what's interesting is this message that I'm sharing with you today. Um, five years ago, ten years ago, I wouldn't have thought twice about sharing it. I just would have shared it. It's God's word. But can I just be honest with you? This message, I'm putting it together this, this, this morning and putting the final touches on it and, and whatnot. And I had a moment of, man, should I really say that? You know why? Because culture has the ability to affect everybody. You know why? Because there's a cost associated with speaking what it is that you believe. And it's the same cost that these folks, they dealt with in their day. When they, were, when they were up against culture. So what are you going to do? Are you going to remain silent and not share what needs to be shared and do what needs to be done? Or are you going to live out loud and just live for the Lord no matter what it costs you? See, I can't answer that question for you, but you have to answer it, and you've got to answer it every day. You've got to answer it every single day. And so my challenge to you is this, that as there's a shift from confidence to cowardice, don't hide. You need to be confident. And, 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 and this is the thing is sometimes we're evaluating the people, you know what I mean, that are in opposition to us. And, and quickly we're like, well, man, they're so much more educated than I am. Guess what? They don't know, they don't, they don't know anything that can shine a light towards what the, the wisdom that comes from God. And you might be thinking, who am I? You know, who am I to say, come on, you have the spirit of the living God. In fact, he uses, come on, the foolish things to confound the wise, right? And so it doesn't matter how much you know, if you are being led by the spirit of God and there's conviction, you know what I mean? You, you're, you're starting to learn your Bible and you know that, that something that somebody is sharing is wrong, right? Then you have the, the right to stand up and, and let your light shine before men. Azariah means this, Yahweh has helped me. He was given the name Abednego, which means servant of Nebo. Servant of Nebo, Nebo was a false god in, in Babylonia. And so, so here, he, his name is shifted from Yahweh, come on, the God, the one true God, to, to servant of Nebo. Servant of the false god, the little g-god. You see, that's exactly what culture does. It's in direct opposition to what it is that God is wanting to do in and through your life. And so, when culture shifts, you better know who you are. Daniel chapter 1 and verse 8 says this, But Daniel resolved not to defile himself 
with the royal food and wine. Listen, this food and this wine was used in idol worship and sacrifice to false gods. How many of you know that, that this would be like, you know, I, I was just reading down in, um, down in uh, uh, El Paso, Texas in May of this year. They found 13 um, goats with their, with their heads removed. They, they had been, they had been uh, cut up for, for satanic worship, satanic sacrifice. How many of you in here would be interested in eating that goat that had been sacrificed to Satan? I, I wouldn't have, I wouldn't be a bit, but this is the exact same situation. There were 13 of them. There's a whole slew of 13 is not a good number in, 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 in the, you know, there's just so much that goes into this, but, but Daniel, his response to this, he asked the chief official for permission not to defile himself in that way. But this was the thing is you have to notice the wisdom that Daniel used. He was courteous. He had a resolute attitude. This is what he said. If it's okay, I want you to know it goes against everything I believe. So this is the deal. He didn't approach them and say, you're all going to hell, you know, and, and use no wisdom, which some people in religiosity do and in, in, in Christianity do. Come on, he used the wisdom of the Lord. And so you can stand for what is right and still be wise about it. Use the wisdom of God, because what we're going to find out here is God had already started moving on the heart of Ashpenaz. The Lord had already started moving on him. So all Daniel, see, God is looking for people that is going to stand up for truth and righteousness, and he's already taking care of everything else. But he's wondering, Jordan, are you going to stand up? Or are you just going to remain silent? You know, are you hearing what I'm saying? What, what are you going to do, Jeff? Are you going to stand up? There was a day and a time where men w- would, would stand up, even if, it, even if it was unpopular. You know, somebody's cursing, you know, just like a sailor. They got their little kids, their wife. There was a time where men would say, hey, listen, I got my family here. Can, can you just watch your language? You don't, you don't have to be ignorant about it. It's just like, listen, and it may turn ignorant, but this is what we do today. We're just like, it's just not even worth it. And this same attitude bleeds into how people are living for Jesus. Uh, it's just not even worth it. It is worth it. And once again, it may cost you everything. But I'm telling you, if it costs you everything, what is everything? Your life. It could cost you your freedom. It could cost you, it could cost you everything. It's worth it. It's worth it. Number two is this. At some point, culture will attempt to tame you, make you a milk toast Christian with no convictions. It lures us in. We start looking around. Well, everybody else is doing it. Well, it must be okay for, for me to do it as well. It must be acceptable. And I want you to listen to the Spirit's conviction. And then guess what? Whenever you're, Joe, when you're kind of doing your own thing and you're trying your best to walk with God and you're going to mess up, you're not going to get it right. Nobody's saying you are or you should. But I'm telling you what, the other thing is, is whenever we are dealing with the convictions that come from Holy Spirit, what we don't do is look around us and see everybody else that's doing the same thing and go and attack them. We have to trust that Holy Spirit 
is going to, A, number one, use us. It might be our testimony. There might be an open door. They may ask, hey, listen, I've seen some different, I've seen some things happen differently in your life. Would you tell me about that? But sometimes Holy Spirit convicts me and now I'm going to attack everybody else around me and tell them, Steve, you're just, you, you, you are so far off base, brother. You know, you need to change. You can't be somebody's Holy Spirit, but you can, you can stand up for truth and righteousness with wisdom and God can use you. Come on to, you know, to, to, to bring some people around. All right. When culture shifts, number three, don't lose your convictions. Do you have any convictions right now? What, what, what moves you? Jeremy, what are your convictions? Like if you're going to stand for anything, like what, what, what is it that you don't care? You don't care if they throw you in prison. What will you never do because of your convictions? You don't have to answer that. I'm just saying that do you have any convictions? Do you have do you have some things that you're just like, you know what? It used to be one man shakes another man's hand and says, listen, we got this business deal going on and you didn't have to have contracts and you didn't have to have all those things. And the reason why that worked is because there was conviction there. It was like, you know, and I'm not saying this is how you have to be. I'm just saying that there was a time when men were were the same. Most men were the same. And it was like, listen, I give you my, I'm going to give you my word for it, and, and, and I'm good for it. And, and, and man, because your word meant everything, that's all you had in some situations was your word. You would do whatever it took to make sure that you held up your... Because it was a conviction. But do you have any convictions? John, do you have a conviction that you're just like, you know what? I don't care. This is what I believe in, and this is what I'm going to do. Do you, do you have any? And if you don't, ask yourself why, why you don't. Can I just say this, and this is, this is the part that I wasn't real excited to share, but I'm just going to share it. I'm going to read it with no emotion, okay? And, and you can also add a thousand more things to this. But I want you, I'm not looking at anybody. I just want you to know this, that God is never going to be for sexual encounters through a computer screen or a phone which is called pornography. He's never going to be for that. He'll never be for that. He, he will never, uh, he'll just never be for it. God is never going to be for, he's, he will not be for you having multiple partners. He won't be for it. God is not for divorce. God is not for stealing. He'll never be for stealing. God is, he'll never be for same-sex marriage. God will never be for abortion. God will never, he'll never be for pedophilia, which is the liking of, of little kids. God will never be for you lying. He'll never be for those things. He will never be for, it's interesting. It's interesting the pressure that comes with even going through a list like this. It's interesting. Why? Because we don't stand up for anything anymore. And, and when I say we, I'm not talking about you. I'm not talking about me. But I'm telling you, culture is so sensitive to what, to, to, to what is allowed to be talked about. 
I want you to know this, that God cannot lie, he cannot change, and he cannot allow sinners to go to heaven. Well, how am I going to get there? I want you to know this, that you are the righteousness of God. Not because of your righteousness, but because of his righteousness. And the way that you go to heaven is you have your sins covered by the blood of Jesus. I am so grateful. Listen, I gave you this list. I am so grateful for the grace of God and the love of God and the forgiveness of God. I believe this. If a person has murdered multiple people, they have taken multiple lives. I believe if they have a true encounter and a surrender to Jesus Christ, I believe that person is going to heaven just like the person that was raised in the church. You know what I mean? That had the perfect upbringing. The, you know, it doesn't seem like they've got... Listen, the grace that is needed for somebody to go to heaven is the same for both of those people. Right? All right. Verse 9. Now God had caused, caused the official to show favor and compassion to Daniel... But the official told Daniel, I'm afraid of my Lord, the king, who has assigned your food and drink. We should, uh, why should he see you looking worse than, than the other young men your age? So Asphanaz was convinced that because they weren't eating the right food, they would look worse. The king would have my head because of you. Daniel then said to guard whom the chief, God or Daniel then said to the guard whom the chief official had appointed over Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah, please test your servant for 10 days. Now listen, I'm not even going to go into this because I ain't got time for it, but the letter 10 is the, is the letter of testing. You had the, the people go into the upper room for 10 days uh, to see if they could remain in unity. You, you have the test of the tithe in Malachi. It says, test me in this, see if I will not... Pour out a blessing as you trust God with your tithe. Ten always means the test. And I'm just telling you this, that you are going to be tested. If you haven't been tested, you're going to be tested because there's always a test when culture shifts. It goes on to say, give us nothing but vegetables to eat and water to drink. This is the Daniel fast list, and we're moving into 21 days of prayer. I encourage you to come here January 1 through 21, uh, 6 a.m. to 7 a.m., Every single morning, even Saturdays, even Sundays, no, nothing off 21 days where we're going to fast and we're going to, we're going to pray. One of the fasts that is encouraged to do is the Daniel fast. We can give you more information on that, but uh, that's where they get this from. Uh, then compare our appearance with that of the young men who eat the royal food and treat your servants in accordance with what you see. Once again, this is the wisdom that Daniel has. So he agreed and tested them for 10 days. There's always going to be a defining moment. What are you going to do? Are you going to stand up and use wisdom and say, you know what, I'm not going to do this because it goes against, um, what are you going to do? So number four is this, culture is always trying to claim you as its own. Especially young people, you guys have it, have it difficult. You've got, you've got the world that is so much pulling on you this direction, and then you've got God over here that's pulling on you. And I just want you to know this, that you have the final vote. 
You have the final vote of what it is that you're going to do. Um, I'm going to skip that. I'm going to go down. Let's go down to verse, verse 15. At the end of the 10 days, they looked healthier and better, more nourished than any of the young men who ate the royal food. So the guard took away their choice food and the wine that they were to drink and gave them vegetables and said, To these four young men, God gave knowledge and understanding of all kinds of literature and learning. And Daniel could understand visions and dreams of all kinds. So supernaturally, Daniel was blessed because of his his willingness to stand for the things of God. In fact, we're not going to read chapter 2, but chapter 2, I encourage you uh, to read Daniel chapter 2. Daniel finds himself being able to interpret King Nebuchadnezzar's dream, and the and the the end result is King Nebuchadnezzar, this Babylonian king, says this: "Your God is the one true God, is the real God. We've been serving all these false gods, but your God is the one true true God." And this is what happens whenever we remain faithful to the things of God and not slip and slide into culture. Verse eighteen: At the end of the time set by the king, the chief official presented them to Nebuchadnezzar. The king talked with them, and he found none equal to Dan- Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. So they entered into the king's service. In every matter of wisdom and understanding about which the king requ- uh, questioned them, he found them ten times better. Ten times better. That's a, that's a principle of a tithe as well. We won't get into that. Then all the magicians and the enchanters, all the magi- magi- magicians and enchanters in his kingdom. So they were 10 times better. So number two, I, I just want to give you two questions. We're going to close out with this. Is this all right? That's not one of the questions, but is this okay? Is everybody all right? Anybody not all right? Anybody angry at me? Okay, good. Um, because I love you and the Lord loves you too. No matter what you're dealing with, I want you to know that you're loved by God. And uh, so questions to stir you up, just two simple ones here today. Will I change the world or will the world change me? This is a question that you have to, like, like you really have to ask yourself because if you don't even sense that the world is trying to change you. Will I change the world or is the world going to change me? Can I tell you this? The only reason why you were created, well, there's multiple reasons, but one of the main reasons why you were created was to change the world. God wants to use your life to change the world. Jesus said it like this in Matthew chapter 5, 15. Let your light so shine before men so that they can see your good works. And your light will cause them to glorify God. You don't have that on the screen, but that's Matthew chapter 5 and verse 15. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works. Your light will cause them to glorify God. Number two is this. Will my identity come from God or will it come from the world? When people see me, are they going to see the world? These are the people that you work with, not on Sunday morning. These are going to be the people that you work with, people that you, that, you, uh, that you see at the gym, you see out in town, you see wherever it is that you like to hang out. Are they going to see the world in you or are they going to see Jesus in you? Will they see the world in you or will they see Jesus in you? Because it matters. It matters. And I want you to know this, that whenever you receive the Lord as your Lord and personal Savior, I want you to know this, that it's not always easy, but it's always right. God always wants you to do the right thing, even when the right thing is the hard thing. Amen? 
Your life is on display because now you are a Christian. You are a representation of Jesus Christ. Boy, what a tall order that is. And this is why it's also very important that we walk in humility. Guys, listen, I want to be very clear about something. I stumble and fall as much as the next guy. And I love the grace of God. I love that Grace Church is called Grace Church. I don't think there could be a better name for this church than Grace Church. But there is a fine line between being so grateful and thankful for the forgiveness and the love and the mercy and the grace of God, which is new every single day. I say that more than anything else I say. I thank God for the mercy and grace of God that's new every day. I say that more than anything else. But I also feel very compelled to challenge us that if you're creating space to live a sinful life, this is a very dangerous territory and one that God is not pleased with. If you're creating space, if you're planning, if you're just saying, you know what, God will understand. If you're creating God to be somebody that he's not, this is a very dangerous, dangerous place. So I'm willing, even under possibility of ridicule, even under you know the possibility of, of, of not being liked, and I like to be like Troy just as much as the next guy. I don't like it when people don't like me or people are upset with me. I, I don't like it. I don't like it at all. But this message is so important that that's worth it. That's worth it. People might say, you know what? I'm not, I just don't like how that felt. I'm not going to go back to that church anymore. You know, they're kind of, it just didn't make me feel real good. I like to feel good. You Listen, your life is more valuable and important to me. Like if it means you not liking me or you hearing the truth that could change the course of your life because the Holy Spirit saying, listen, listen, you're kind of dabbling off in that area of creating God to be something that I'm not. You know, listen. And if that can course correct you, then man, praise God. Don't like me. I'll see you in heaven. You'll love me then. And uh, amen. But there are some action steps like we were talking about. Jordan's getting baptized today. That's one action step. So awesome. It's the wedding ring of Christianity. So if you haven't been baptized, get baptized. Romans chapter 6 and verse 3 says this, For sin's power, we don't have this either, I apologize. For sin's power over us was broken when we became Christians and we were baptized to become part of Jesus Christ. I'm telling you, there's something that happens with obedience of any kind. But when, you, when you're baptized, it literally can break the power of sin in your life. We see that through that. And, um, and with that, I just want to say, you know, once again, I'm excited about this, this series, this, this message on the book of Daniel. I'm going to ask you to pray for me and pray as we, as we go through this. I really feel like God's wanting to, wanting to, wanting to just challenge us up. I'm telling you, think about this. God doesn't do anything by accident. He has chosen you to be alive and well in this incredible time where there's so much, there's so, everything's, everything's so wild right now. It's like the wild west spiritually. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I could preach a whole message. I'm not going to do We're going to close this down. But Jeremy, do you remember when we used to be able to agree to disagree? Like, and still love one another? 
It's not that way no more. But it can be. Like you can, you can, you can still love people and, and disagree with them, right? You can still show them your love and disagree with them. In fact, love is that little light that shines so bright because, because we're, we're slowly forgetting what love is really supposed to be like. Unconditional love, right? Steve, you mess up. I still love you, man. I hope when I mess up, you still love me too. Right? <laughs> all right. That's all I got to say. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for today. I thank you for your word. Just ask you, Lord, that you would just help us. We need you so much now, Lord. And it's an interesting time, but God, once again, you are an on-purpose and an on-time God. And it's kind of cool to think that you've chosen us to be alive during this hour. Something special that you want us to do with our lives, Lord. We just pray that you would show us that every day. It's not just one thing. Maybe several things every single day. Let us be led by your spirit. Let us be led by your spirit so we will not fulfill the lust and the desires of the flesh because, God, we know that that is a strong pull as well. But there is nothing like my God. I love you, Lord, and I pray for this church. I pray for all the people that are tuning in online that, 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 just, that might be struggling right now. God, I pray that they would feel your embrace. And, and even though there's conviction, Lord, that we're all feeling a little bit of right now, that conviction is simply because you love us. You, you correct those who you love. And I'm thankful, Lord, for the correction that you give to me. Thank you for that. That shows me, Lord, that you love me, that you haven't given up on me. Lord, I just pray that this church and these people those online as well would just feel the embrace of a loving father. The father that says, listen, like, like as an earthly father, I can remember going to my kids and saying, boy, I don't know how we're going to get through this, but I promise you, we're going to get through this and we're going to get through this together. How much more beautiful is it that the God that knows everything that knows exactly how we're going to get through this, comes along beside of us and says, I know you're hurting, but I promise you, we're going to get through this. So I pray for these people. Lord, I thank you and I say I love you this morning. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. That's it for today's teaching. Hey, here's an idea. Share today's message with a friend or family member. If you're listening from outside our fellowship, we'd love to meet you. Visit graceid.org and hit the contact form to get in touch. We'd also love for you to join us. You can even check us out on Facebook Live by searching Facebook for Grace Church Rupert ID. Learn more and plug in at graceid.org. Thanks for listening to this week's message from Grace Community Church.